Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Call Protect My Car for details. In these hard economic times, you've got to do whatever you can to save money. One of our biggest expenses can be our cars, especially when unexpected repair bills hit. Not anymore. If you do own a car, truck, or SUV made from $19.99 or higher, you could stop paying for car repairs. That's right. You might not have to pay a penny to have it repaired. Just dial star star 1149 on your mobile phone now to see if you qualify. You must have an automobile made from $19.99 or higher. And all repairs for your engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Dial star star 1149 on your mobile phone today and get your car protected before your next repair bill hits. That's right. Total protection for your car and no more repair bills. Just dial star star 1149 on your mobile phone now to see if your car qualifies. That's star star 1149. Never pay for car repairs again. Just dial star star 1149 on your mobile phone now. Dial star star 1149. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know why. You feeling my baseline, feeling my, feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling, you feeling my baseline. Good morning on the West Coast, or good afternoon if you're on the East Coast. This is Sant Sports, and you are watching. That being said, with George and myself, Sammy Georgeur, happy. Tuesday and welcome in to Sant Live. I'm your co-host Sammy Georgeur. And I'm George Georgeur and we're coming at you live and direct from the Sant Live studios in sunny Everett, Washington. Thank you for tuning in today, whether it be on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube.com slash Sports. This episode is brought to you by SantShop.com. SantShop.com, that's spelled S-O-N-T, shop.com is your one place you need to go for cool sports and sant gear we got the goat collection we got some cool lebron la t-shirts and other really uh fun cool stuff that comes out and trending here in the sports world and with that being said sammy can you tell the fine folks at home what this is this is sports radio redefined welcome in today is a gonna be a nice fun day we got a couple topics going on today um some news in sports, and then we're going to take the second half of the show to do a little bit of an interesting topic involving the worst contracts in sports because Gilbert Arenas had a very funny Instagram yesterday, but we'll get to that and then uh, talk about some of the worst contracts we've seen in a long time in, in sports history. But we're going to start off with today in sports, George, and uh, I'm going to start off before we get there, actually, is to do a hashtag of the day today because it is hashtag National Avocado Day. How do you feel about avocados? Uh, I feel really good about avocados. The one thing I really like about avocado savings are a very versatile um, piece of food. Uh, you can put avocado in a sandwich. You can put avocado in a sa- salad. You can put al- avocado in a burger. You can make an avocado, avocado shake. Tom Brady is very famous for eating avocado ice cream. You can also, Sammy, I mean, you can you also can make guacamole. You can make an avocado shake. That's not. I wouldn't give. The, I wouldn't put that in the category of everything else you just put. That but would, no, but it's versatile. You could. Yeah, yeah you could. But you, you went from saying things that you See, do use avocado for. Know, I could also use it as lotion, but I don't. I don't use it. Look as in the Middle East, Sammy. Uh, they actually, it's a very big drink in uh, the Gulf region of Saudi Arabia, Dubai, Qatar, and all those places. Is avocado shakes. It's a big thing. And they put ice cream with it, and it's a really big thing. Maybe here in the United States it's not big, but I'm just saying it's versus. I don't, I don't really care what's big in other places. If well, eating raw hashtag is not national hashtag only in USA Day. Yeah, it doesn't say international. It doesn't even. <laughs> so it's it, it's national. I don't care. I like things that are in America. That's why I live here. Um, 
if another country eats worms, I don't eat worms. So it's National Avocado Day. I like avocados. I think the biggest overrated hype, though, in America, um, they've been overhyped for about... The biggest overrated hype in the whole America. Avocados have been hyped by females, by males, by fitness enthusiasts for the last like five years at an extreme level. And I think it's just a little too much. I like them. I like a piece of avocado toast uh, sometimes with an egg, but it's the most overhyped food there is in, I think, in the food categories right now. Wow, uh, that's a bold statement. See, the thing I think is the most overrated. Well, it depends, Sammy, if you have, how you consider it. Like, would you consider kale overrated? Because a lot of people say, but people don't necessarily like kale, but they know it's like healthy, so that's why they say it. But I think people also like avocado. My sentence was the most overrated hype food. Yeah, the kale, most. Kale is not hype food. Kale is a food that people eat because they know it's healthy for them. Pe- uh, carrots aren't a hype food. It's not like people are hyping up carrots. Avocados are hyped up. Well, I've never seen anyone out there hyping up ca- avocados. Like they're not having pep rallies. Then you don't follow <laughs> enough fitness enthusiasts, because uh, obviously, if you if you went to college in the 2012 to 2016 range, and you follow enthusiast fitness enthusiasts on Instagram, you'd know how big of a hype through females um, and male fitness enthusiasts, specifically avocados, are because they are a ridiculous hype. And I think it's just too much. Okay, I mean that's your opinion. I think the av- avocado is a great thing, and I don't think it's overrated. That's fair. It's just an <laughs> opinion too. Today, we also had Bryce Harper, who originally was supposed to be traded, George, but from the National saying he was on the trade block. The GM is now saying the Nats will not trade their star, Bryce Harper. Oh, um, well, I, I don't know what to tell them. Do they think they're going to re-sign him? I mean, at this point, if you think you can get something for Bryce Harper, if you think you can, and you aren't planning on spending $400 million to re-sign him if you're the Washington Nationals, you might as well get a couple prospects since they're, what, I think, seven games out of that playoff spot in the National League East with two teams in front of them, plus three or four teams in front of them in the wild card, I think it'd be hard for them to make the playoffs. So if you're, good, if you're planning on making an attempt to re-sign them, obviously keep them, try to re-sign them off after the season. So if, but if I was the GM and I think that I'm not going to be able to sign them, I'd try to trade them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that there's also moments where you don't just trade people you can't, you don't think you're going to sign. I mean, if you're looking at it in the Nationals' perspective – I think at some point this team's been a pretty good team for the last five years. If you're going to – I think if you want to keep Bryce Harper, even if you have some doubt that he's going to stay or not, you're not going to trade him and then he's not going to come back and re-sign as a free agent. You're absolutely right And the thing is players like Bryce Harper, they don't give you answers. Like, And that's the thing that I think the biggest misconception for a lot of times when people go through these trade deadlines is they are expecting like, well, if he says he's not going to sign, he's not going to say he's not going to sign. He's also not going to say he will sign. So a lot of times for these GMs, it's a 50-50 shot. So it's not even about do you think he's going to sign or not. It's almost – we have to see how the season ends and see how he tests the free agent market. We know he's going to test free agency, but you never really know what they're going to get or if you're going to be able to compete even with the numbers. Because if the Yankees come out and give you $500 million, they can't compete with that, right? Right, 100%. But I'm wondering, do the Nationals – I have no idea. Are the Nationals – my point was not whether or not they think they have a chance. 
My my point is more: Are they going to make an attempt to re-sign him or not? Are they going to actually try? Do they? I mean, I don't. They know it's not going to cost a hundred million. You know, it's going to cost. I mean, some people are saying four hundred, but let's not get with numbers. Let's say you know it's more than a hundred and fifty million. Are they going to actually go? Gonna try. I don't know what their plans are internally as an organization. So, if that as an organization, if they say, hey, even if they think it's a one percent chance that he's gonna come back, you you keep him and go for it. I yeah, just don't know if they're making. An they're gonna try. If I they're mean, gonna try and don't trade him. I mean, obviously, if a GM comes out today and says we're not gonna trade the star yeah. and it's a contract year, obviously they're gonna try to keep him. And I think he's probably one of the top five faces of the league. I know... He might be the number one face. face. I know, which doesn't mean you're the best player, but you're, when you're the face of the league you, and you're in D.C., in the capital, remember, they, they fired their manager a year ago, right? They yep. they made some changes because they expect better from this team. There, there's a reason they didn't trade Bryce Harper or make changes with the players as much, and they kind of made play, changes with management because... They want Bryce Harper to work out in D.C., the nation's capital, the face of baseball. And obviously, they're going to make a run on him. And I think the biggest thing is, like any team that has a Bryce Harper or any team that has a Mike Trout or even you look at the Yankees, right? There's a reason the Yankees didn't trade Robinson Cano to the Mariners. They let him test free agency, and they were going to try to re-sign 100%. him, but they weren't going to re-sign him for 240 like the Mariners offered. But if Robinson Cano said he would have came back to the Yankees for 150, what would he? What would they have done? Probably kept him, or for a less, you know, for five years right. instead of 10. Right. And so I feel like when you have one of these players that are face of the league, these teams usually, I would say usually, right, unless like, unless they they're losing like half the roster, they're usually trying to keep that star player. Um, it just it all depends on the price, and the the hard thing with baseball is obviously the salary. There's no salary. There's no cap. salary so, cap. So I mean, in theory, the New York Yankees could, which they wouldn't. I they, don't think how he's batting this year, but they could go up to him and say, "We'll give you ten years, a billion dollars." If they yeah, really want, but to. they they would possibly give him ten years, five hundred, four hundred, five hundred. Yeah. yeah. So that's the tough thing. I mean, I think in basketball or in football, the NFL, you kind of know what's coming up, like. He's going to need a max. I can't offer him the max. <laughs> exactly. Like, or he's going to want 90 million. At least we can offer him 85 and he might stay because it's the team that he likes. But that's not how it works in, in baseball. It's like, okay, we have like 200 million to offer him. But if the Yankees come and say 300, he's for sure gone. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what, Sammy? When I was younger, I actually kind of thought that whole entire thing with baseball was really bad that they had no salary cap. But you know what it made me realize? now i don't know um that it's not that bad because i thought oh yeah you know what's gonna happen now the same teams are gonna win every year we're gonna have no parody actually we've had a lot of parody because teams are stupid teams just overspend their money here's a list of the last world series champions you had the astros the cubs the royals the giants the red sox the giants the cardinals giants, giants. Yankees, <laughs> Phillies, red sox cardinals white sox red sox marlins but I, w- the, there's a couple uh, Red Sox and a couple Giants. But the there. Giants aren't known for the Giants got rid of some of their players too into the Red Sox. Could they and don't spend that much actually, money? Actually, if we look at it correctly, the Giants won every even year until 2016, right? They won 2010, 12, 14, um, and then these last two years have been the years that they're putting up money for Andrew McCutcheon, and yep. they're putting up money for uh, Evan Longoria. Yeah. Yep. This is the first time that they're starting to spend the big money, and, and I think they're third in the division this yeah, year. Yeah, and it's not producing results. And so uh, they were 
winning games off of, oh, we got a guy like Tim Lincecum in the draft, and we got a guy like Pablo from the draft, and we got all Madison these. Madison Bumgarner from yeah, the draft. Guys that grew up with the Hunter Pence, I think they got in a trade, but he was, a, or in, in, but he was in lower. He wasn't the big, big money type no, of guy, no, no, and he no. made a big impact for the team. And so it's really funny. Once they started spending the big money, it went downhill. You look at even a team like the Texas Rangers. Right. Who's their biggest signing of all time? Um, Josh Hamilton. Before that. Oh, Alex, Alex Rodriguez. In even Josh Hamilton times, they weren't in the World Series. And then it slow. Like, I think it was what? What year did they make the World Series? Uh, 10 and 11. 2010 and 11. That is not during their Alex Rodriguez give a guy $300 million era. Nope, it was That not. was during the – they got Adrian Beltre for a decent price, who's a great player. And they had got you Darvish from international play, and they, they made a great team. Yeah, but even last year, the Astros, yeah, they have a lot of big names, but how they got those big names through the draft. They were all Every single, single one, one of them. Except for a, you know, a top pitcher, which was from a trade. Yeah, but that was at the middle of the season where they decided. Which is you're not giving them $100 million. million yeah. The Chicago Cubs a year before that, Chris Bryant drafted, Rizzo drafted, the Royals a year before that. I mean, you can't, most people can't even name three players on that Royals team. They were all drafted the year before that. So my point is, I used to think that, like, but look at the NBA. You have a salary cap, and the, we've had the Warriors and the Cavaliers playing in the NBA Finals for straight years. That's true. Um, but the, also, the, the reason this happens is because baseball is extremely not individual sport. That's a good point. So yeah. you can get all the individuals you want, and sometimes it does work out. I, the Boston Red Sox, it's kind of working out for them this year. Yeah, and, I mean, the, and the Yankees are both in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think it's working out even better for Boston because of their young players like Mookie Betts and Bradley Jr. And they kind of had some guys that yeah. did come up in the system. But then they signed J.D. Martinez for big money. Yeah, yeah I said but the yeah. difference. I'm saying the difference is that I think they have more players that came up in the system. Out, like the Yankees, outside of like Judge and Gregorius, well, they had Judge, Gregorius, and Sanchez. But I think Boston had... Some of these guys are a little older and have been in the system, and that's why, on top of the free agent signings, I'm saying that yeah, they're probably a little better. Because, like for example, the Astros, they can sign a big free agent tomorrow, but they're still going to be good because of the core that they already had. Exactly. The biggest problem is these teams that just rely on giant contracts, and it's funny. You look at a team, our home team, the Seattle Mariners. We've been awful for 18 years, haven't made the playoffs in well 17 years. This would be the 18th, and this year is our best year in a long time when our $240 million man is suspended. And you got Nelson Cruz, who's on a good contract, not that expensive. No. And it, we got into tr traded prospects for Gene Segura and uh, Mitch Hanniger. You signed D. Gordon, a big free agent signing, but not. Was he, he was a trade, I thought, right? D. Gordon? Yeah, I think we traded. We did with Miami. Yeah. Yeah. But it, see, okay. And that's, that's more. And he would be a big free agent signing, but not. The two hundred, three hundred million dollar no, no, guy. Be like that. He's not like a, uh, a Manny Machado yeah, free agent at all. Yeah. And we have Kyle Seager who came up in the system. You got James Paxton pitching came up in the system. You got a lot of small pieces like two hundred million dollar guys like Wade LeBlanc coming back from China. Yeah, or, as or your even guy, Marco Mike. Gonzalez. You take a flyer on a guy like Marco Gonzalez, who's you know who was a former first round pick. And then, you know, had Tommy, Tommy John. John surgery and couldn't, you know, really cut it in St. Louis. And you take risks on things. Like, I don't know. I just find it interesting that we always, like, say, like, the reason we should have salary caps is parity. But if you go look at it, the New England Patriots in a salary cap league and the Pittsburgh Steelers in a salary cap league. I think we saw that thing. There was, like, in since 2003, 
the quarterbacks in the Super Bowl from the AFC have been like Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and one year Joe Flacco. One year. Yeah, it's it's weird how it works, and uh, that that sports so. <laughs> yeah, I know. it is interesting. We have an interesting situation on our hands over here at our studios. <laughs> we have a camera TV in front of us that like sees outside, and I think there's a homeless guy who's riding a bike into our parking lot and out. He's gone now. He's gone. Now, I was, that's what I mean. I was kind of frozen. <laughs> no, staring at I, I, no, me too. This homeless guy was like coming straight towards our camera and then did a swerve like three times, but he's gone. He's actually pretty good at riding his bike, though. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, for for. Hey, homeless people can't yeah, ride bikes. He was a child. He was a kid at some point. Yeah, for a homeless guy, like you know, probably been homeless since he's two. <laughs> like, no, he probably had a family at one point. Um, Great point. Wide receiver for the Vikings, Stephon Diggs, gets a five-year, eighty-one million dollar extension. Um, I, I love Stephon Diggs. I like the Vikings team a lot, but. Now we're getting the situation where they just paid Kirk Cousins eighty million guaranteed. They're now paying a wide receiver eighty million dollars, and I worry that this is going to be the slow decline of overpaying positional players and the defense, which is one, probably one of the biggest reasons even Case Keenum succeeded last year is because they had such a good defense, didn't have to put up that many points. I'm worried that it's going to be the slow collapse of that. Yeah, you know, at As the end always. of the day, it's weird, <laughs> like, yeah, these teams get kind of stuck in this trap of, you know, Stephon Diggs came out of nowhere. Their other wide receivers kind of came out of nowhere, too, and now you're paying $80 million to keep your wide receiver. I know there's not guaranteed, and I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but there's a team built on defense. Actually, I think, I mean, here, you know, once our football previews uh, start kind of ramping up, I mean, the Minnesota Vikings, to me, are one of the teams that I have dropping the farthest this year from where they were last year, and that's not because I don't think they're going to be good. I still think they're an 8-9 win team, but last year they went, what, 13-3, and but but that was with Aaron Rodgers being hurt in the division with uh, the Lions kind of catching a lot of bad luck last year with injuries. And the Chicago Bears, you know, playing a rookie quarterback. So, I, I mean, I'm not saying – I'm not going to say – they might miss the playoffs, but I think they're more of a borderline playoff team than a Super Bowl contender after this season. But we'll see. And that doesn't mean Kirk Cousins is not going to play great. It's just you can't be, – to be 13-3 and three two years in a row takes not only a lot of good coaching, good play, but a lot of good luck. Yeah, I think, and by the way, the, it was a $40 million in guaranteed money because it's a five-year extension, so he's locked up for six years, $81 million. Um, the extension was $72 million, five years, $40 million guaranteed. It is a lot of money. And But, but the thing for me with the Vikings, I, I agree that they're going to take a step down, but the reason is exactly what you said. Yeah. They went 13-3. and three. Right. I mean, it's nearly impossible to not either be the same or take a step down. Right, right. We rarely get 14 and two teams even in even the though, NFL. You know what's funny? Even though I would say they upgraded the most important position. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm saying they're going to take a step back just because of the Aaron Rodgers part in the division. Right. Outside of that, I still think they're going to be a 10 and six or 11 and five team. They have probably the best defense in their division. Actually, by far the best defense right in now. In their division, division, yes, absolutely. And they probably have the second best offense. I, I, I don't see. I don't see Trubisky next year making the Bears better. And the Lions, I like Matt Stafford, but they never have a run game. Right. They never stay healthy. It's just him and Golden Tate. And Matt Stafford, as he's very durable. He plays a lot of games, but always with a little injury. Like he's, a thumb always, or a been, he's always banged up. But he's always playing. But he's always playing. That's but true. he's always banged up a little bit. I just don't have faith in the Lions. And that might be one of those just lost faith over over the years type think, of thing in the Lions. I think it is, but I see why, because so have I. Yeah, and I've 
I've been the kind of guy thinking the Lions are going to have that year every single year, and they kind of let me down. So I think with Kirk Cousins, I'm a big Kirk Cousins guy. I think he's been very underrated. People have been mad because because of his uh, franchise tags and getting thirty million, I think he was put on too high of a, a watch sometimes. But he's one of the only guys that throws over four thousand yards a year with like Tom Brady's with the Drew Breeses. Right. I think he's a very good quarterback. The only problem is what new coordinator, right? And you quarterback in the system, but I could still see them going ten and six or eleven and five, and they'll still make a wild card in the playoffs. Um, but I agree, they're going to take a little bit of a step back. But that's just because it's not that easy to stay eleven and five. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we'll get more into it in our football preview, Sammy. But I was kind of like looking at some things last night, and I was wondering because you know how I always like to predict my playoff teams and all that. The NFC is so damn loaded and the AFC is so unloaded. It's like, it's unbelievable. It's kind of loaded in my opinion, but I think it's loaded in the sense that they have so many quarterbacks. You expect good from a lot of teams, but at the same time, like I would have said the same thing last year, but it's like the Cowboys kind of underperformed. The Redskins kind of underperformed. The Giants won three games last year. And those are all teams that I would say Redskins have Alex Smith this year. You have Carson Wentz coming back from the Eagles. You have the Cowboys that are healthy. The Giants could be a sneaky (laughs) playoff team. So, but that's what I thought last year about all those same teams, and they kind of all underperformed except for the Eagles. Is there anyone in the NFC that doesn't really have either their quarterback or someone they think is their quarterback of the future? So you're counting Trubisky as a think. Yeah, because he's the second pick of a draft. So they they you're counting Tom Jameis Winston's their quarterback of the future for now. Yeah. Russell Wilson, Garoppolo, Goff, and uh, I know, and no, I know the Giants don't think Eli Manning is their quarterback, but he's their quarterback future, right now. He's their quarterback right now. Uh, and the Cardinals, they have Josh Rosen. Rosen. He might not like be their guy next year, but he is their future guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's every team. Yeah, it's every team. It's a, it's it's pretty, it's you know. pretty close to that. Also in the AFC, this is the first time I I said this the other day. This might be the first time that every team kind of has their guy. Kind of but, set, but you know what, Sammy? That changes so quick after because I feel like people give up on quarterbacks so quick. If some people team guys do bad this year, teams will move on. A Trubisky. lot of these guys have that guy for at least a year. Trubisky's it's their guy this year. I yeah. know it might be not next year, but for example, the Bills, I, they got uh, what's his name, Josh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, they can count on him for two years to po- be a possible because they, 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 they actually don't think he's going to be even playing this year. Yeah, but so they, they can they, count on him yeah. as a future guy. Tannehill right now is the guy in Miami. He just is. The Patriots have their guy right now. The Jets have their guy. The Ravens have two guys they can count on. And they got Robert Griffin, who yeah. I, I don't think is their the guy. The Bengals, to be honest, Dalton gets a lot of flag, but he's their guy right now. I, I he's, mean, a guy, he's a good you're quarterback. Not, you're not going to move off of Dalton. Steelers, Browns, Texans, Colts. The Jags are maybe the only team that don't. Bortles is not their guy. Um, but the Titans have their Bortles guy. Bortles is like Bortles line, their guy. Borderline. That's <laughs> it. That's kind of like no pun intended. That was kind of a good one. That was kind of a good one, right? Borderline. 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 Close. It has the same tone. I like it. Thank you. Uh, yeah. The Broncos. Who they, they? Oh, they got Keenum. Keenum, yeah. The Chiefs got Mahomes. The Chargers have their guy for right now, and the Raiders have their guy. Yep. So the only team that I really think has no option is the the border borderline Jaguars. This is gonna be. All and if they did have a quarterback, they'd be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, yeah, they would. So that's kind of interesting. Um, all right, I got a couple more quick topics, and let's get into some of the worst contracts right. we, we've ever seen. Um, hashtag Lake Show is trending today, George, and I wish we put it on the screen, but we didn't really have that prepared. Why is it because summertime, like people go to the lake? Ha! Because the Los Angeles Lakers have released 
their new jerseys. And we've been knowing this was coming, and I think a store accidentally kind of leaked a little bit of a picture of it. Um, but they're pretty sweet, and they kind of have an odd change compared to the past. The past, we had the yellow jerseys have the big purple stripe, mm-hmm. and the purple jerseys have the big yellow stripe on the side. They've eliminated the big stripe on two of the jerseys, on the yellow. So the yellow has a thinner shoulders now. Remember, mm-hmm. they used to have thick shoulder pads? Yeah, and I'm looking over there. just to, yeah. to, to, You can't really see the side of the yellow. There is the no, but there's, there's no thick there's stripe. There's no nothing on well, there. that's why they bring this one out. Oh, okay. And then they show only the side of this one. The, the white and the yellow have no side striping, but I know the shorts will have a little side stripe. And if they do have a side stripe, it's the thin one. I, I read something about this the other day. But they have thinner shoulder pads, a little brighter yellow, a pure white with thin white and purple lining on the edges. And then you got the purple, which instead of the purple with yellow, it's purple with yellow words and stuff, but then it's a black thick stripe on the side. But I think all the jerseys look a little more modern, keeping the same the same, same look. Yeah. Um, I like them a lot better, for, though. To be completely honest, what LeBron James is doing here, and this is not his jerseys, but like his whole move to LA is like a movement, man. He's gotten it's pop culture as much as it is basketball. That LeBron James yellow jersey, and in my opinion, it will be the one that sells the most because of like how it kind of looks retro in a way. That's the one I think is going to sell the most. I guess we'll find out when we see him at games. But that's the one that's probably going to go right there yeah, behind yeah, me. Yeah, dude. It. I mean, it is so awesome, and you're going to see it in rap music videos. You're going to see kids wearing it on. It's going to be like the hottest thing. You've already seen people wearing fake ones before they've been released all over. No, the no, place. I know, but it's. It, this is literally going to be like the number one Christmas present this year. Yeah, I, I. I love it. That's going to be something that I'm going to try to get pretty soon, just because it's not like. I'm a big LeBron guy. Everyone knows that. But I never bought a LeBron Cleveland jersey because I'm not a Cleveland fan. I bought a Miami Heat LeBron jersey because – or I have one. I got it as a gift because it was in Miami. You know, it's yeah. cool. Yeah. And this Lakers takes that coolness to, like, a whole other perspective Absolutely. and level. And it's one of those things. It's like – this is going to be like when people own a, LeBron, or a Jordan Bulls jersey. It's going to be right. like a Lakers LeBron. You don't want – a LeBron cap, you might. It's kind of cool and retro, but yeah. this is going to be the signature jersey. I feel like, and I, I do. I truly believe I, he's going to win a championship. It's in same. I truly believe it's not only going to be the signature jersey for this year. I believe this will be something that people are going to be wearing for years to come. I think it's going to be a symbol of hip hop, of coolness, of pop culture for for twenty more years. It's kind of like the Jordan Le- the Jordan Bulls jersey. People still can rock it today. That LeBron Lakers jersey will be rocked for 15, 20 more years after he retires. I agree and I'm I'm so excited about it. But we're gonna be talking about LeBron all year. So let's move on to a f- question from our Instagram page. Yep. From SX Session. It sounds like Triple uh, X's rap name. But yes <laughs> How's the Pac-12 shaping up for football this year? Is Stanford or UW the favorites to win it? And I'm pretty sure UW is, right? Yeah, the University of Washington, which uh, we're from from Seattle. So thank you for that Instagram uh, comment. Uh, And as always, guys, whether you're listening to the podcast or you're listening live on Facebook or Periscope, if you want to get your questions answered live on air or on the podcast, you can go put a question on Instagram. We answer it or Facebook or Periscope. We try to answer all questions. You can DM us, you can DM, DM us a question and say, can you ask this on your show? Any way you want to reach us. Yeah, we will do it. We, we will answer most questions that we can. Um, 
I think the Huskies are the favorite to win the Pac-12 again this year. They were the favorite last year, and they didn't win. Stanford's always going to be tough. But the Pac-12 is shaping up to be very, very interesting here because there's some teams in the South, and I think UW kind of gets lucky that they're going to be avoiding playing these teams. I know they play USC, who's a little bit more down this year, and not sure with their quarterback situation. But keep your I have a sleeper team in the South, is the Arizona Wildcats. I believe that they're going to be one of the most improved teams in college football. Um, like, we're Seattle guys. I went to University of Washington, so I, not only do I think they're going to win the Pac-12, I actually think they're going to be in the college football playoff this year with one loss, and that might be in week one to Auburn. But, it's a little biased, but it's all yeah, right. Yeah, it's a little biased, but uh, Solomon on Arizona is a fantastic quarterback, and with them getting Kevin Sumlin as their head coach, we saw what he was able to do with a versatile quarterback in Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M and make him into a Heisman Trophy winner. And Solomon, as a freshman last year, was unbelievably hard to uh, you know plan against. I'm really, really excited to see what Kevin Sumlin does with the Arizona Wild Cards. That's my sleeper team in the South. I have the University of Washington Wild, playing, Wild Cats. playing the Wildcats in the Pac-12 championship. Not the Wild game. Cards. They say wild cards. Yeah. Well, I, I meant to say they're kind of a like, wild card. They're kind of my wild card team. Yeah. The Wildcats playing the University of Washington Huskies in the Pac-12 championship game with the Huskies winning it. But I think it's going to be a three-team. I mean, there's going to be a couple other teams, but Stanford is going to be good. Oregon will be good in the North and UW, and in the South you're going to have the USC's, Arizona, and Sammy. I want to ask you a question. Because I know you really didn't like the hiring. And Herm Edwards at Arizona State Sun Devils. Yeah, they're not going to be good. And I don't <laughs> think – actually, I think Arizona's not going to be good either. Um, Arizona's – Arizona – Kevin Sumlin did not get much of a recruiting class from what I've read. Because right, because it, it was so late. It was so late. So they're not going to be good next year. So I've good, and if you look at the odds, they're in the middle of the pack. They're plus 1,600 for the Pac-12 championship. They're behind Washington State. They're behind Oregon, USC – Stanford and Washington in that order. But there's that second in the South. The South is a lot weaker. Than I understand that, yeah. but still, I just don't think whether they if they they can make a you can make a Pac-12 championship not being that good still because right. if you just have a bad division. Um, I don't see Arizona being very good. I think they do have a good quarterback, but I also think it's going to take a year for someone to kind of implement this stuff That's with fair. him. And he's kind of a hectic quarterback, kind of like a Johnny Manziel esque. If be better, I think obviously. Um, not better as like football, not maybe not college football better, right. but like a better quarterback. Better be- be- would be a maybe a better pro prospect. Yeah, and yeah. so I just don't think they're gonna be that good this year. I think it takes uh, you need a year to let the recruits come in, and I think Arizona State's gonna be awful. I think Herm Edwards was the worst hiring possible. Me too. Kids these days, right? They want somebody cool, hip, and fun, and Herm Edwards is kind of the opposite of that. Right. And 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 he's. He's a great guy from all accounts, and he's a you know good coach from all accounts, and he's been he's a fun guy, but he's not what kids are looking to go play for right now. It just Unless, doesn't resonate with an eighteen-year-old college kid. And the only there's two things that resonate with the college kids. For the majority, it's a cool, fun coach that you can like like have a relationship with, or fuck it, I'm gonna deal with Nick Saban and go win, or I'm gonna deal with a quirky Jim Harbaugh for four years and to win. But yeah. it, it would take Herm Edwards. A decent amount of winning to make that resume enough for people to say, all right, I'll jump on that ship, even though I have to deal with, like, old 60-year-old Herm Edwards. I, I, I don't I, like that. I, I completely agree with you. Um, Washington and Stanford are going to be very close matchup. The biggest problem is, of course, every single year that Washington has against Stanford is Stanford always has that big line. Mm-hmm. They always have some 
They also, I feel like they also have a, off, a, a professional, like a pro-level offensive line. Right, and, and a pro-level running back. I mean, we have yeah. what's-his-name Love this year coming back. And it's he's my always tough. And USC, they're bound to have a year where they pop and make a playoff. Right. And I, I, don't, and I thought I love Sam Darnold enough, but I don't think he was like the – the number one ever prospect you could have at quarterback at USC. He was, I think he was a little overhyped. I think he's going to be a I good mean, you pro. Kinda, I mean, I, just to give you credit here, I mean, you called it all of last year that when people were like, USC is going to make the playoffs, you're like, this Sam Darnold's good, but he's not – he might be a good pro, but you said for college, I don't think he's going to take he, them to the next he level. He just tossed so many interceptions. And, yeah. I, yeah, and I did say that all last year. Like, this guy just throws an interception like his day, it's his day job. And we kind of saw – we saw him come up big at the end of games, right? Right. And make comebacks. But we saw him in the thick of games sometimes lose it for USC by right. making too much of and a gap. And that's the one thing with college football. It's not like the NFL where, like, yeah, oh, yeah, we went, you know, 10-6 and six or 11-5 and made the playoffs. You lose a game. You're ba- if you lose two games, you're done. That's true. And that's the tough part. Uh, question for you. Can you just read those odds for me? I just I don't know what the, what the numbers are for plus the top. Plus 140, UW, Stanford, and USC plus 300. Oregon plus 1,000. 1400 for Washington State, and then 1600 for Arizona and Utah, and the rest is, is, is what the rest of it. Yeah. Oregon State last as usual, right? Yeah, plus 10,000. All right. Um, cool. Oregon State, Cal, Colorado, Arizona State, UCLA aren't supposed to be good next year. Um, but, yeah, top five are Washington State, Oregon, USC, Stanford, and Washington. Very good. And last question about the Pac-12s, just so you know, uh, since he brought it up, do you think Chip Kelly is going to work in UCLA? Not this year. I think he needs a couple of recruiting classes. But in general, do you think he's going to pop at UCLA? Yeah, he'll do good. Just my same answer as Kevin Sumlin. It's going to take a year or two. Yeah. That's why I, I'm i shocked that you thought that Arizona is going to be good this year because I know you're, kinda, pick, you're the kind of guy. to be in, in the South. So I yeah, but like, still, you're the fifth, sixth best team in, in the Pac-12. There's going to be a game where you mess up oh, yeah, a little absolutely. bit. It's your first year with a lot of guys that that I know they lost a lot of guys and they have a quarterback, but it's the first year of a coach. Like True. you need to build the system first. I would expect a different. T- I would expect a team that maybe has more vets and a longer tenured coach that even if they're not as good as them, maybe win a game over them and win that division. Yeah, over that, them. that's that's a very fair way to look at it. And uh, Thomas Bright wants to know: Do you think Browning's noodle arm can carry the Huskies to the playoffs? <laughs> He's actually a top ten candidate for uh, Heisman. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, odds at uh, Sportsbook. I think Browning's a phenomenal college quarterback, not yes. a pro prospect, but he's a phenomenal college prospect and i think we've seen that many times and i think just another year of him is just only going to get better yeah i completely agree and i mean as far as noodle arm i mean i'm you know i'm not going to take the bait here too much on the from the washington state cougar fans but yeah i remember the huskies do run a lot of bubble screens a lot of short intermediate routes and try to get players in space because we have really 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 high-end wide receivers who are really fast so it doesn't really matter they're not asking browning to necessarily always hit that deep ball which is not really his strength so that's how I feel about uh, that. They kind of did try to get him to throw the deep ball last year, but I mean, you can you can pretend like they didn't. They did try, and it did not go successfully. We saw that against Penn State when they. That's the biggest problem is when they fall behind. You try to have you have right, to when start you fall throw, behind, but that's not their game plan initially going into. Understandably, the yeah. but that's where the noodle arm comments yeah. come from. I mean, I'm not trying to hide this guy's imperfections he has some imperfections well, obviously he does um but i think he's a good college quarterback that's why i said that if he was a good 
if he didn't have a noodle arm and couldn't throw down, if he could throw down the field, he might be a very good pro prospect as well. Absolutely. And before we get into our last, our big topic of the day, I guess, uh, let's, uh, I don't know if anyone heard the Jim Harbaugh quote. I just want to talk about that for a moment. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, I love saying his name the wrong way. How do you really Harbaugh. say Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh said, said that he doesn't eat chicken, Sammy. You know why? Because it's a soft. Uh, it's a nervous bird, and he avoids the meat because he thinks that if you eat a chicken. Pun, you know, pun intended, like you're a chicken. You're a chicken. Yeah, you're going to turn into a chicken and be nervous. And he actually supposedly really believes that. It's probably not a good thing to be telling your football players, though, because <laughs> they probably need chicken as a protein. You don't want your football players to be eating just like your big old linemen. Yeah. It's unhealthy. Like just I know they're young, but to eat day. steak, all that meat, for those guys that are already overweight, it's not healthy. Um, it's kind of a weird thing to say, to be honest, because well, he's a weird guy. I mean, you heard he when he goes to restaurants, what he orders, right? No, St he orders steak. I don't really, I don't really spend my time oh, researching what Jim Harbaugh you should, orders at restaurants. You should. I don't spend my time. It's a known, it's a known thing. I, you, I've heard a hundred shows before. He actually, Sammy, orders steak and a glass of milk. Oh, I've heard the glass of milk. Yeah, he drinks milk everywhere. Yeah, that's it, it's just a weird guy. <laughs> yeah, he's just I a mean, oddball. And. I, Honestly, I'm a little disappointed with his – personally, I think you know this too. Um, I've never been the biggest, like, he's Beast so guy. amazing. No, oh, oh, but Jim Harbaugh, he's <laughs> not that great of a coach. I think he's a good coach. You have to remember, but he had Andrew Luck at Stanford, right? Yeah. I mean, just, just to pre preface this, Sammy has called Jim Harbaugh slightly overrated for multiple years. Yeah, he had Andrew Luck, who was maybe – people said with the best prospects since John Elway. Yeah. Like, we're talking about a generational talent. Then he goes to the NFL, has a great team, right? Runs away when the team started to be bad. Yeah. And then goes to Michigan because he thought this was a perfect time to go there. You know, maybe I can leverage this again and, and be great again. And so far, it's been quite a disappointment. They haven't beat Ohio State yet. They're 1-5 against Ohio State, Michigan State, and another, I forget who the other rival is. And so here's the big year for him because Shea Patterson, which I heard the tr is the transfer not 100% complete? No, it's now, now complete. It's complete. Yeah. Shea Patterson, who had a fallout with Ole Miss, but was a number one recruited prospect, the number one quarterback in the nation two years ago mm -hmm. going into Ole Miss. If Jim Harbaugh does not make a run at the playoffs, he doesn't need to make the playoffs. If he doesn't make a run at the playoffs, like we're a game, a couple rankings away, he's going to be on the hot seat. Not going to be fired, but he's going to be on the hot seat. Right. I think if you have the number one quarterback, you know, uh, recruit maybe, you know, two years ago in the nation, they should finish top 15 in the country. They need to. And four years of – three years now, three years of recruiting to Michigan, and you're right. a Michigan alum at a school that's supposed to be one of the greatest programs yep. ever. It's, it's time. It's time to win. And I, when I say he's overrated, it's not an offensive thing because it's almost like when George says somebody's not a superstar in the NBA. There's only like 10 of them. So it's not right. that offensive that you're not a superstar. You oh, can be the – yeah, you can like, be a great he, coach, but you just don't, you're a good he, coach. He's not, he's he's a great coach, but he's not Urban Myers, Nick Saban. Maybe even not a Chris Peterson at UW. Not a, like it, here's the thing: if a Chris Peterson from Boise State can take him to national, like to top four in the nation, go to UW, take him to a playoff within his first three years, I would expect Jim Harbaugh to be able to do the same at Michigan. I, I completely agree with you. All right, George. We're gonna spend like ten minutes here on a really fun topic. I know. I'm excited for this one. So, this is uh, 
this one is gonna it kind of makes me happy sammy but it also kind of at the same time i'm like man uh, can i just get like you know one percent of each of these i mean i think it's funny i don't i don't need one percent of their stuff you know what i'm gonna make my money by not being the worst worst okay, that's option good, that anybody ever good, paid me that's a good point so yesterday gilbert arenas uh posted a picture on instagram saying and this is why i'm the goat with laughing faces and it's a meme of him that says from 2012 2014 gilbert arenas would appear in just 17 nba games and he would make 62 8 during that time so just to say that again in a 2012 to 2014 year span Gilbert Arenas played 17 games and made 62.8 million dollars pretty good pretty insane for a guy that was agent zero he was kind of like the one of the biggest talks of the league for about a year yeah I remember uh, superstar for like a year uh, he made a game winning shot against the Seattle Supersonics I think you were at that game with me I'm not sure if it was you I mean, he took off his jersey and like started fanning yeah. in the half court Against the Sonics, that's like my memory of Gilbert Arenas, and he was really good. They had the time. Him and Antoine Jameson used to, you know, go. They used to give LeBron James a little bit of a hard time in the playoffs. Yeah, no, they were a very good yeah. basketball team, but uh, he he was kind of that guy that he brought guns into a locker room. Kind of had some weird issues, and but good for him. Made sixty-two million dollars in a three-year span, playing seventeen games. Yeah, and he's also the one, Sammy. He um, also spent twenty-five thousand a month uh, on food for his sharks. It, that's that's one problem also. Well, it's not a problem when you make $62 million. All right. So we're going off the bigleague.com. They made a top 25 worst contracts um, this year, actually. They wrote this. So right. it's pretty relevant. Um, I'm only going to say something about the guy if I really have something to say. For example, this first guy, I have something to say because yeah. you'll, you will. There's, a, there's will know a lot what. of guys. Not a lot, but there's a good amount of guys that had some, we have something to say about because they kind of uh, – had a stop in Seattle. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, but it's but it's twenty five, so we gotta yeah. we can't spend like ten minutes on each one. No, no, absolutely, that would be like two hours. Nick's then GM Isaiah Thomas for some reason gave Jerome James a five year, thirty million dollar deal in two thousand five. After, of course, the center played two playoff series for the Sonics. After that, he uh, just played ninety games for four seasons from weight problems and injuries. Um, Jerome James. Of the New York Knicks got five years, thirty million dollars. We got to remember that, like thirteen, fourteen years ago, is probably the, like a hundred million. Yeah, like ninety to hundred million. Yeah, like a Clint Capella deal this yeah. year, five year, ninety million. And let's not forget that series, Sammy. The reason he got that much money against the San Antonio Spurs in that playoffs, he was absolutely a beast against Tim Duncan. Yeah, and I remember <laughs> before he got fat. Yeah. with the Sonics, he was just kind of a like a Charles Oakley type of body kind of guy, like yeah. thick but like kind of buff, can guard, can rebound, can put the ball in the bucket near the hoop. But, uh, I mean, the minute the guy started gaining weight that last year in Seattle and then got that contract in New York, I think everyone knew that was going to be a failure. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was one of those like you knew it was coming to. Number 24, Wade Redden for the Rangers. I'm going to skip this because I don't know hockey players that well. He got a – $39 million over six years. but I, I don't know what... I, he scored five goals in two years. Okay, I mean, that's bad. Sounds I know bad. That, but I, you know, I don't even know how much hockey players really get paid. Uh, they, they can get, like, basketball contracts. They $100 million, dollars, yeah. Denny Neagle is 23 oh, for the Colorado that. Rockies. He signed a five-year, $51 million deal with the Rockies. 
um, in 2000. He went 19 and 23 with a 5.5 ERA in his first two years. Missed most of the 2003 season and all the 2004 season, and never pitched in the majors again. So he was getting five, 10 million dollars a year. Those first two years went 19 and 23, a 5.5 ERA, and then never played again, pretty much. Um, basically, what I can tell you that uh, that's not good. It's not good. Um, it sounds like an awful contract, but I could see why it's in the higher 20s. It's not that bad. No, it's not like, horrible. They have to pay him like $30 million not to play. It's, we've seen worse. Adam Archuleta for the Washington Redskins is number 22. For some reason, it says, this is what the writing says, for some reason, owner Daniel Schneider thought it would be a good idea to make Archuleta the highest paid safety in the NFL in 2006 with a six-year, $30 million deal. He recorded just 60 tackles in his first and only year with the Redskins and was out of the year, out of the league a year later. My biggest takeaway from this is six year, 30 million. It's not that huge of a number, but to play one year of that deal and never play again is pretty big. And if you see a picture of him, he doesn't look like a starting safety in the National Football League. He looks like a skinny white guy, and he is a white guy. Just to throw that in there. This is my favorite one on the list, by the way. Bobby Bonilla for the New York Mets. This deal is a classic, they say. The Mets didn't want to pay him. $5.9 $5.9 million that they owed him in 2000. So they asked if he'd take deferred payments from 2001 to 2035 with an 8% interest rate on the money. I've heard about this. Bonilla said yes, of course. And now on July 1st of every year, he gets a nice $1.19 million contract from the Mets. So you're telling me they <laughs> yeah. wouldn't pay him $5 million in 2000. Yeah. So for 30 years. 30 Four years, he's gonna get one point one million. One point nine. One point one nine. Okay, one still, yeah. One point one nine million dollars on July first every year, which is gonna equate to over thirty-five million dollars. Yeah, uh, whoever his agent is is that that's the greatest agent pull-off deal in history of all of deals. He needs to be an agent for more players. Yeah, he can be my agent. Just whatever. Go to the grocery store and tell them I will pay you later for eight eggs. I don't know. No, because that would be go the opposite way. You'd end up paying interest on the eggs. Yeah, or they I, they pay or, me to buy eggs. Uh, yeah, you find a way. Guys, <laughs> you pay me to buy your how, eggs. How like when the Mets were doing that? Who? How do you think that's a good idea? We can give you, you like want, go to the owner and he says, okay, so we're gonna pay him thirty five million dollars over thirty five years, and we can pay him five now. Give him thirty five. <laughs> I, like, I really don't want to give him the five. So. I really like this Bobby yeah. guy. Like this is a great deal. Number 20, Jay Cutler and the Chicago Bears. I'm going to disagree with this after so I read it. I actually read all these yeah. two today. On the Smiling Jay Cutler, that's sarcasm, signed a seven-year, $126 million extension with $54 million guaranteed for the Chicago Bears. He played a total of 20 games in the next two years and retired from the game of football and then returned to football, one-year deal with the Dolphins, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know that he signed a seven-year deal and then retired. <laughs> I didn't know that either. That's kind of he cool. signed a seven-year deal in 2004 and then retired in 2006. No, that's not true. 2016, yeah. So watch. He signed a seven-year, $126 million extension in January of 2014 and then played 20 games and retired. Okay, it's a bad contract. It's a bad contract, but Jay Cutler's not as bad as people made it out to be. No, and he didn't get that money. He got $54 million of it. <laughs> Shout out to Jay Cutler, man. I but that's not by that the bad. Way, by the way, sorry to cut you off. If you haven't gone and watched, uh, what was the name of the show? Clearly, you haven't watched it then. I you don't have. Know you I, showed it to I me. I showed you clips. Yeah. Keeping, up, ke- or keeping It Cavalry, which is his 
Kristen Cavallari Jake is his Cutler wife. is the coolest guy ever. He deserves every dollar he makes. Uh, okay, I take I would take back what he just said. He's not the coolest guy ever. He's a man's man. Yeah, he's is how this post that I showed you put it on Twitter. It was like a four minute clip. Yeah. He's a man's man. Doesn't mean you're the coolest guy. He's kind of a dick to his wife. But he's a man's man. It's funny. It's funny. He's hilarious. I wouldn't say he's the coolest guy. He doesn't seem like I'd really like hanging out that much. No, he kind of sucks the soul out of a room when he walks in. Yeah. Like, for example, he was asked, what are you doing today? Like, do you have anything in your schedule? He's like, actually, I'm trying to keep my schedule as open as possible. So if anything does come up, I can, you know, jump right on it. But, like, I would like to keep my schedule as empty as possible. And it kind of explains his football career. Exactly. I kind of, I, I actually really loved it. Number 19 is Alex Rodriguez of the New York Yankees, George. A-Rod uh, to the Yankees was supposed to bring tons of championships to the Bronx. Instead, he made $317 million from the team and uh, was part of just one World Series winning team in 2009. I'm going to disagree with this I'm one. I'm disagreeing with this one as well. Alex Rodriguez brought some kind of energy back to New York, I feel like. And, and, they I, won, and he won an MVP award? And a World Series. For most teams, one World Series in a 10-year span is a huge, huge success. Right. Even outside of the Giants, which was just an odd situation that they won three out of six, six. Uh, the Red Sox barely expect to win World Series. They expect one every five, ten years. The Cubs got one in 100 years, yeah. and the Yankees got one. I mean, they got one in this era, which is important, and A-Rod – Kind of, I know they had Jeter still, but he brought back that energy to New York. I felt like, right? Uh, I I completely disagree with this one. Completely. Yeah, that, that, it's a big big dollar amount, but it's fine. Okay, let's go back to Seattle, of course. Vin Baker for the Seattle SuperSonics. Vinny. Vin Baker had some solid years behind him when Seattle gave the power forward a new seven year, eighty six million dollar deal. Uh, weight issues, injuries plagued him for the next two seasons. He was then traded to the Celtics during his time with Boston. He opened up about being an alcoholic. And he never was a player he once was when he won a gold medal in the Olympics. He actually now went bankrupt, and he owns a franchise of a Starbucks. So Starbucks gave him a, a store mm-hmm. as a way to help him recover his life, which is nice. But he obviously lost all his money. I mean, look, Vin Baker had a struggle when as soon as he came to Seattle because he was replacing Sean Kemp. And for those who know Seattle, Sean Kemp ran Seattle for a while. <laughs> I mean, he was he was the biggest deal in Seattle for a long time. I wouldn't say he struggled at first, though. First year, he was an all-star, wasn't he? Yeah, but I mean, he struggled to get like the heart of a fan base because the fan base loved Sean Kemp. I loved Vin Baker as a kid for that one year when he was an all-star, I felt like. He was like the face of the Sonics with Gary Payton for that year. But yeah. then... It was a downhill decline. Yeah, I guess same maybe shit happened to Sean Kemp though, so it would have been I the same isn't, shit. Isn't that weird that him and Sean Kemp both kind of went the same route? Yeah, I mean, like, we probably would have been in the same crappy situation yeah. regardless. But um, it was a bad contract, obviously. Um, and back then, that seventy million would be like a two hundred million. Like that, today. That, it was almost like basically a max deal, like a super max. Almost. Yeah. Number seventeen is Allen Houston. Mr. George, it is uh, the Knicks left everyone scratching their heads when they announced that they would re-sign the 30-year-old to a six-year, $100 million deal, Hmm. Um, which it was such a bad move that the NBA later made up a rule because of it, allowing teams to release an unproductive player and remove their side from luxury tax number. The rule name, the Allen Houston rule. You know, it kind of sucks because Allen Houston was a good basketball player that you had a rule named after you when someone's really bad and they get to be gone. But was he that bad? No, he wasn't that bad. He was really good, but it, uh, he got bad after the contract. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of an interesting situation. I mean, like to be that in that situation where a team has to kind of release you for 
being so bad. Exactly. It kind of sucks. All right. I think we should do two more, and we should save the second half of the list for tomorrow. Part Ooh, I, li- two. I like that part, so, two. We're going to go till number 14, and then we'll do 14 through 1 tomorrow. All right. Uh, number 16 is Carl Pavano, the New York Yankees. It's hard to put it all in the Yankees for this one. Uh, as Pavano was highly coveted free agent after the 2004 season, but the Yankees did give him a 39 $0.95 million contract over four years. So it's $10 million a year, and he just got nine wins over four years. And his injuries cost him the entire 20, 2006 season and just 11 games, or sorry, just 11 innings in 2007. And I so believe pretty he, much was, he played was a Marlin before that, right, Carl Pavano? I believe he's a Marlin before that. And that he was World pretty Series good. team? Yeah, yeah, he was a Florida Marlin before that. Because they won in 2010. Two, I think, or two thousand one. Yeah, look, so the, the year before he joined the Yankees, and I so see why they gave him, that was two thousand uh, three, and then he played there two thousand four as well. But they won the World Series in two thousand three. Uh, the year before he joined the Yankees, Sammy, and this is why they signed him: eighteen and eight with a three point zero ERA, and he in two hundred twenty two innings had one hundred thirty nine strikeouts. That's why it's said hard to blend the Yankees. Yeah. On this one. Number fifteen, Mike Hampton. This is interesting. Hampton was the most sought-after left-handed free agent after the 2000 season and cashed in on what was then the richest deal in baseball history. I remember that. When, that when, he was. I was just going to say, when I was younger, you know, you would get your news on SportsCenter. Like, you never heard of a $100 million deal. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah, but then it's, it happened a couple of years after. Yeah, I know. But when like it, 300 happened, million. Yeah, but the first time it happened, like, you hear the number 100 million year, and you're a kid, you're like, yeah, oh, my God. Especially for a pitcher. Exactly. It was the 2000 NLCS MVP, and he went 21 and 28 in two years with the Rockies before being traded to the Marlins, who sent him to the Braves. So he kind of was thrown her all around during his eight-year, $121 million contract. Um, it's pretty crazy. You can go from such a sought-out guy to kind of – Crappy player. Exactly. You know. Um, last one before we go today. Yashin, Alex Yashin for the New York Islanders, apparently was a big deal. Um, they merely gave him a <laughs> 10-year, $87.5 million contract oh, wow. after trading for him, which was the biggest deal in NHL history at the time. Okay. And then after six seasons, including one in which he played just a few games, the Islanders bought out his contract and had to keep paying him millions until the end of the 2015 season. So that's 14 years later. Uh-huh. That's too bad. That's too bad. And tomorrow we're going to start with number 13, um, which is going to be a nice little Oakland Raiders one. All right. And uh, before we sign off here, I also want to tell you, Sammy, Carl Pavano, after his three seasons in New York, kind of had a little bit of a resurgence at age 34 for the Minnesota Twins, where he went 17 and 11 for 3.75 ERA. Interesting. Yeah. Well, good for him. I guess he just didn't like the pressure of New York. Yeah. You never know. Or just was kind of hurt like yeah. i said he got injured <laughs> yeah that's <true. laughs> i don't know pressure injuries it's kind of a difference um this was episode 447 george you guys can find us on santshop.com that's s-o-n-t shop.com for all your sports related needs we got cool shirts cool collections go check it out today follow us on instagram facebook twitter and youtube at Sant sports and if you're listening to the live show and you want to watch our podcast or listen to our podcast sorry iTunes and app and SoundCloud, you just type in Sound Sports, and vice versa for those who are not watching live. You can watch us live at 10 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday, on those platforms. So check us out there. George, what's up, man? This is Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio Redefined. 
Of course, the Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event is about exceptional offers, but it's also about the luxury of versatility and the freedom of a summer day coming together for you at the perfect moment. Lease the 2019 NX300 all-wheel drive for $369 a month for 36 months with $29.99 to a signing. Experience amazing at your Washington area Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer valid in the Lexus Eastern area only and in September 3rd, 2019.